dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Marvel's Netflix shows. I'm Nikki Amy, your hostess, and with me are a trio of fellows ready for the summer hiatus, or I guess most people will call that a summer break, break for vacations, mm-hmm. uh, to talk about this week's Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Introduce yourselves, guys. Hello, I'm James, and it's summer vacation. <laughs> and I am Wes Kim. Robbie just dropped by Bleecker Street. I've got I've got the dark hold. We're going to put it in the library. In the, in the don't even think about it section. We don't even have a restricted section. It's the don't even think about it section. <laughs> well, I'm Steve Nostro, and I am sure glad that I was not in the framework. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Before we get into the news, we have a trailer for the new Mutants Fox show. Um. First of all, I was not expecting Bill Cod- Cotton to be in this in the show. I was having no. expe- expecting him to say sucky. <laughs> but I but I but I like the overall look of the sh- the show because. It looks very um, Chris Claremont X Men. What did you guys think of the trailer? I didn't watch it because I'm not interested. Oh, it's a really good trailer though. You should you should at least yeah, watch. It's a good trailer. Yeah, it's probably one of the best TV trailers I've ever seen. Which isn't mm-hmm. saying a lot because a lot of t- TV trailers aren't good. But of who saw it, what did you think of it? I did it not. Was interesting. Yeah, it, it took me a minute to see to see Amy Acker with light hair. It was like, wait, that that isn't how you normally look. You have darker hair. But I, the effects looked really good. The storyline looks really good. I'm at least gonna see the pilot because it does really interest me. And, yeah, me too. Which isn't which is saying a lot because I'm not really interested with many Fox. Um, Marvel related things, but yeah. going in, going to more going to more news, or I'm sorry, well, t- two more things actually. Please check out the Malton on Movies podcast. Michael Chikino is the guest this week, and he talks about his history scoring movies and scoring Doctor Strange and what he's going to do s- scoring Spider Man Homecoming. So check that out. Also, I guess hosted on my. My friend Stephen Brogan's Steady Stream podcast. We talked about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, but we more talked about our experience going and seeing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 in the cinema. So look for that on Google Play or on Apple Podcasts, the Steady Stream podcast. And even named the episode after me, which is cool. But (laughs) what did you guys think about James Gunn's comments about almost not directing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 or Volume 3 for Espanol fans out there? I'm so glad he came. 
changed his mind. Yeah. I, got, I, mean, I can understand, I can understand why he would want to, just because like he and Michael Rooker are such good friends. That makes total sense. But yeah, yeah. But yeah. but does this mean? But does this mean Michael Rooker is going to be in the movie though? Yeah. I mean, that could be a flashback. I think that makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. The rumors that he was going to be in the, the um Avengers movie. Well, he is Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> uh, 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 by the way, for it? the by the way, for those of you who did see that photo on social media, apparently my friend Brianna is friends with the girl that's Mary Poppins in that photo. Oh, oh wow! So, yeah, we all got a really big laugh out of that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, um, it's still holding in its now third weekend. I think it's still the highest grossing. It's still at the top top in terms of movies. I think that's going to change in the next couple of weeks though with uh, Wonder Woman and the final Pirates of the Caribbean movie. But who knows? It may still hold in like the top five. Probably. It probably will, but it, I just read an article Alien Covenant just barely eked yeah, past me. it this weekend. Also a very good movie. But speak, uh, I wanted to get some news outside the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This news came out of nowhere just like the RKO. Steve will get that reference. Um, oh. Tom Hardy, um, a man that I have a, a serious man crush on. That's right, sir, if you're listening to this. If we ever meet up, the beer tab is on me. Uh, we'll be playing Venom in Sony Entertainment's Venom, Venom movie that's not related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Discuss, oh. discuss. I don't. St- I still don't understand why they're going ahead with this because you can't. Yeah, you can't. yeah, yeah. But th- that's not. That's not the point here, guys. The point is, what do you think of Tom Hardy in this role? We've already talked about. He's perfect the- for the yeah. yeah, I mean, he's a fan. He's a huge so fan. Tom Hardy is a phenomenal actor who I have amazing amount of respect and love for, and is hot as hell. <laughs> um, and he's in one of he's in one of my all time one of my top five favorite movies, Mad, uh, Mad Max: Fury Road, and yes. he. I I want him to do another one. Um, I am not a fan of the character of Venom at uh-huh. all. I think that too often he is dragged out as a villain and he's not all that interesting to me. Yeah. Um, however, Tom Hardy taking the role is interesting. Um, I don't know if I'll see it. I And I have seen a lot of things just for Tom Hardy. Yeah. Um, but as it's a character uh, that I have no real interest or attached to, I, I really, yeah. It's just, okay, it's another Tom Hardy movie. That's good. I'm happy for him. And especially I know he is such a big fan of, of Venom. Um, and superheroes in general. Um, I think he was just absolutely superb as Bane yes. in mm. Dark Knight Rises, and personally, I like I'd like that. To was be the movie better. called Bronson that he was in? Is that the title? Yeah. The name Bronson. Yes. Yeah. I, that was the first time I'd ever heard his name even before Inception, and I thought he was excellent in that movie. It was Inception mm-hmm. that put me put him on my radar, and actually role played Ian uh, for a while in a role playing game. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He he. I, good for Tom. Um, I love when people I I think are incredibly deserving of pro- project do project that they especially love especially um, if they're passion projects right um but i don't know if it's something i would ever see and by the way speaking of tom hardy we can't wait to see you in dunkirk sir that looks like an excellent yes. movie that one i am definitely going to see um here's uh, i'm only gonna say one more thing about the story and then we're gonna move on to the next story um like nikki was saying i didn't care a thing uh, like all you guys were saying i didn't care a thing about this project until i heard tom 
Tom Hardy's name involved in it. I mean, yeah. I always look at the reviews on movies before I go see them, no matter what they are. So, but I'm on Nikki's camp. I'm in Nikki's camp here about the about the Tom Hardy Venom movie. I'm on the fence about it, but I'm more interested than I was before. But speaking of our friendly neighborhood under ruse, um, mm-hmm. one of the best looking magazine covers promoting a film I've ever seen. Um, Tom Hardy's. Uh, I mean, Tom Hardy. Tom Holland's. Sorry, <laughs> Spider-Man rocking his tra- traditional spy- Spider-Man suit, the Mark II, as I called it on the show, with his trademark headphones. What did you guys think think about this cover? He looks like Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, he's definitely I have, Spider-Man. He, I have great hope for this film because I really love the casting of Tom. So he is really the reason I am going to see Spider-Man, even though I kind of was like, Ugh, more Spider-Man when they haven't done it right. I have a feeling this is I'm finally going to be able to say you, they've done Spider-Man correctly. Yeah, my fr- my friend Sh- my friend Sean, um, he works at Marvel New York. And by the way, I want to s- send a shout out to Sean. I hope everything goes through with your adoption, sir. Current current president current presidential administration is blocking his his adopted daughter from crossing over to the United States. I hope that it gets changed soon. He has seen the movie. He he has seen Spider-Man: Homecoming, and apparently this movie hits Spider-Man and everything everything correctly you would want as a Marvel fan. Excellent. Yes. Um. Speaking of Spider-Man: Homecoming, there. Estimating 135 million for opening night or opening day. We haven't seen that those kind of numbers since Spider-Man 3. I think that's a relatively good number for an opening for an MCU film. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's very bold considering how let down we've been by Spider-Man. But I think a lot of people are really confident in what we've seen so far and are excited about it. Who would normally have gone been like another Spider-Man? Yes, <laughs> but, but this is why there's been so many promotional stuff about it. And by the way, thank you to Steve for giving me giving us the link for that awesome Twitter link from Michael Chikino. Uh, conducting the orchestra to do the traditional Spider-Man theme. Thank, thank you, Steve. Yeah, awesome. um, one thing about the Empire article I wanted to mention is Tom Holland's desire to play Peter Parker well into his 30s. He really wants to, like, you know, progress as the character would pr- progress in the comics. I'm, I, I'm very, um, this gave me even more respect for Tom Holland than I already did because he really wants to invest in playing this character, much like, much like Hiddleston. Much like Robert Downey Jr., he really wants to not not just make this a an acting gig. He really wants to get a breath of the character for the rest of his career. Yeah. <clears throat> One um another another thing that I wanted to mention, Kevin Feige said in a recent interview that he of course he wants all of the Marvel characters back under one umbrella. He's got ideas for bringing them back together, and I'm just gonna throw this out just for argument's sake. The only way you could bring in the mutants at this point, and spoiler alert for anybody that's not seen the or, re- or read the story, you've all read House of M. Heavy. Kind of. Um, I know a lot about it. In, instead, <laughs> instead of Scarlet Witch saying, and this is all Hector Navarro, my friend over at a Hyper RPG that came up with this idea. Instead of Scarlet Witch saying no mutants, she just goes mutants, and that's mm-hmm. and that's how the X Men are brought in. Sure, that's a glossy way to bring them in, but really and truly, and I know a lot of people have said this. Do you really want a rebooted X Men to c- come into the MCU? 
I don't know. Yeah. It really depends on what you want. It really depends on how well they can like uh, differentiate them from the Inhumans. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, 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 but, but it's one of my dreams to see like a version of Secret Wars. Not, maybe not Secret Wars as we know it, but a, secret, a version of Secret Wars 1 in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This really interested me. This is one of our last news stories. ABC set out their fall lineup, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't on there. What would you guys... It's, it's go, start, starting in January is what, they, what I read. Okay, so, so are we going to... It's a delayed start, so they wouldn't put it yeah. on the fall schedule. So are we going to get wouldn't. Are we gonna get a half of a season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. then? No, it's, it's going to be a full season, but there's not going to be any breaks at all. Okay. So it's going to be okay. one 22-week. And starting it in January means that they could shoot all the way through from July when they go back to when it airs so that they could have the 22-week. Okay, so are we just going to get a half a season of Inhumans then? Yeah, Inhumans in is my... only going to be 10 episodes. Okay. Yeah, that's, okay. that was the original idea anyway, was just have it be uh, almost like a mid-season show. Yeah, mm-hmm. and some people are are taken aback by this promotional picture for Inhumans. My friend Sean Gerber over at Super News said, well, it's like a family photo, and it's a family photo where not all the family members get along, but they're kind of pretending to smile just for the sake of the photo, and I, I really agree with him on this. Sure, <laughs> sure, Swan's hair still doesn't look good, but... Oh my god, it's horrifying. But still, but still, uh, one, one little detail about a character that I'm familiar with is not going to say, down with this show, I don't want it. Dishonor on you, dishonor on your cow. <laughs> also, um, I found the synopsis that was released for it for, um, uh, on the Internet Weekly, where it was like, um, the, the synopsis is that there's gonna be a, the show is going to have, like, the humans, um, royal family being overthrown by a, um, military coup or something like that. Probably, in, probably started by Maximus, but I think he's gonna go with them anyway to try to, like, hide himself and co- cover his back. And then, um, they end up in Hawaii, and that's gonna be, like, which is why they're they gonna take, right, which, so they're gonna, like, the story's gonna take place in Hawaii, and it's gonna be their, um, uh, reconciling with, it's, like, gonna be a big family drama in Hawaii with, um, and actually I had an idea about that too, which was that, um, I can't remember the name of the character who, like, is able to go underwater, but I imagine if he does go underwater, he might find VJ down there and, like, maybe they can bring VJ in as, like, a sort of bridge into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but not a really, str- not, like, one that's huge, but, like, one that they could potentially use. And, pro- and so. I don't, I'm not saying we're gonna see this character in the show, but references to Namor. Well, we can't, yeah. we can't. Well, it's, I mean, that's still up in the air. We've not gotten, like, a straight answer of, of do they have the rights to Namor or do they not, because it's not, like, one of those forefront characters, like, the Hulk is in No, but it's one of the oldest problems that Marvel has had with rights. It's, like, that, I think it even goes beyond Penn before Fantastic Four when those rights were sold, uh, or leased or whatever, but yeah. nobody, Ooh. nobody knows really who has all the rights to Namor. Uh, the MCU, like Kevin Feige has said, we we can't use him. Yeah. So I don't think Namor is going to be a part of it um, or even mentioned because you can't say his name. Can't even say Submariner because whoever owns it can. It's, or if it's, own, it's like it's owned between Sony and 20th Century Fox or something. No, There's something universal. really weird. It's universal. It's universal. It's something really weird that it was how they worked it out. And 
that unless they give the rights back, we can't even mention. Yeah. Well, I'm it's, I'm just saying water underwater. That's just where my, that's just where my mind goes. But but well, we all want to see a Namor. I mean, most of us anyway really yeah. like that character. We'd love to see that character brought in Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, but nobody seems to want to do anything with him because they've had Universal has had the property for how long and nothing's happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which which is which just like says to me like then then if Kevin Feige or or somebody really wants to use him, then they go to legal and say, okay, what's the deal here? And like, or they know and they're just not like they're just not like sharing it with the rest of us. But in our last news item, I I wanted to mention this is kind of a last thing because it is agent agents of shield related. We on we on behalf of the Marvel First podcast want to send our condolences to the family of Powers Booth who played who played who played Gideon Malik. Well, we didn't know his name was Gideon Malik at the time, no. but he was in the 2012 Avengers film and he had a, a quite significant run in the third season of Agents of Shield. He died right after we recorded our podcast. Yeah, last literally week. that so that's night. Why we didn't mention it that week. I think it's yeah, kind of. Same. I also kind of think it's ironically sad that in one year. Brett Dalton has pretty much lost his two, two mentor figures on Agents of Shield. Yeah, yeah. I I really I really liked how they brought brought Gideon Malik into Agents of Shield just because like I was thinking to myself that guy looks familiar. Who is that? And then and then somebody on Twitter mentioned to me, oh, that's. Th- that's one of the members of the World Council. I, I, I really liked how his storyline played out, and I really liked what he brought to the show, and he will be missed. He was a truly amazing actor with a long career, and if you've never seen Deadwood, he was simply just impeccable. He played good guys, he played bad guys, he played bad guys. He was great. He really was. Yeah, he was. And he also had, a really, he had an amazing voice. Yeah, He did, that, that, that deep. And I, you know, it's a loss to film and television, and it's a loss to his family. Family and I just it was just shocking he was he was such a, a good person yes mm-hmm. one of my favorite things from the third season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is his voiceover when he's explaining the mystical side of Hydra and mm-hmm. and just how he says I know you want to cut the head off of S.H.I.E.L.D. and watch it ride that was a great line reading always something that yeah. stuck out in my mind I always yeah. wanted him to do animation yeah. because he had such this uh, such a unique voice and I thought that's I watched Deadwood but I you know remember growing up watching him to be he, he was somebody i always was really happy to see his name one thing so it, it was it was very sudden and sad uh, and i just my thought and love go out to his family and his other fam because you know that was a loss it was just like bill Paxton. but with that we need to go to our very special main event this week and what are we doing today james you okay, Nikki? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm okay. You sure he's so with you? You know how emotional I get. <laughs> he's emotional. Stop it. <laughs> Okay, so we're discussing episode 22 of season 4, the season finale titled World's End, as Ghost Rider makes a surprising return and goes on the team up to stop it from ending the world. Which is a very good thing. We need what? to stop her from ending but, the world. Before we go any world. further, I need to say this. This is the most badass Ghost Rider interpretation I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. 
he Robbie is back. I want him to stay. I want him to come back. I I want Gabriel Luna to always be on the show. What are you saying, Steve? I feel like it's, Steve. I feel like it's very possible that he could stay. Right. show if he wants to get one. I wish they'd let him stay on the show. He is really good. Yeah. I think maybe I think, with the like James, you were about to say. Yeah. Sorry, James. No, I just wanted to say like um, I hope he, I think he could carry his own show if they if they gave him one. I, I and, think he could too. Yeah, probably. But we should just the that, oh, go ahead, James. The thing about Ghost Rider, or the thing about Robbie Reyes is that he's not necessarily a, um, or at least this Robbie Reyes especially isn't a very social person, so I'm not exactly sure who they would have as a supporting cast, because he's great. No, Robbie, Gabriel Luna's great. No, but I don't know, like, um, I don't think he could carry a show just by himself. Like, if he was just by himself doing things on the show, I feel like he'd no. need a supporting cast of some kind. Yeah, he doesn't have, he doesn't have the name enough to carry a show. And, like, he, that's a really brilliant insight that he's not, you know, Robbie is kind of insular and no. doesn't socialize but that's why i think he would work on agents of shield in a recur on a recurring basis um or even regular because sky wasn't exactly the most outgoing person either yeah and and mm. i think that he would make an excellent ally to shield maybe not a i'm sure you, SHIELD, i'm sure you'll yeah. probably pop up at some point because i like how they kind of um emphasize that ravi reyes and the ghost rider really both of them are kind of in effect sorcerers they're not yeah. the traditional sorcerers but they are sorcerers because there's the demon rider who is a another post of Zarathos in the current comic book series Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme who is mm-hmm. a sorcerer and um, so it's I like how they kind of played that element up and they may have definitely made it seem they definitely made the connection to Doctor Strange with him clear in the show so. yeah and the, I don't think it's an accident that the portal that Robbie creates to get in and out of our world it looks exactly like the portal they use to open with the slingings yeah, it looks like he's going to camertage too. Yeah, yeah, and just by mountains. And and here it is the thing I loved about this episode, just from a writing standpoint. There's all these little Easter eggs to what we've already seen in Phase Three. We got our Captain America speech from a couple people in the cast. We also got our um, Doctor Strange disappearing, reappearing in different places. We have a we uh, we had a Pac-Man reference. Nice little nod to Guardians. Look out. Volume 2, then we even got a Spider Man reference with the Midtown Transit. Yep. So I really love, and thank you, Jeffrey Bell, who wrote the episode. Love that you called the um entrance the Hellmouth. Really yeah. appreciated that. <laughs> nice little nod to Bobby the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought it was. I thought Robbie on this episode. He, I think I've loved him from the beginning, but this episode really, um, his impact was felt even more. And he's actually seems like he's got a greater grip. Robbie Reyes has a greater grip on what's inside of him now, and he's more. He's like not. He's not fighting it as much. As I feel like he did before. He's like come to terms almost that this is who he is now, and he's yeah. just like, and he's really doing what's right. Well, I think he understands that phrase that you know that Spider-Man is famous for: with great power comes great responsibility. He understands the responsibility he has as the Ghostwriter. But looking back towards this season with Robbie, they were holding back on the character of Ghostwriter for this specific reason, and I love how a lot of things in this in this. Season four come full circle in this one episode. Um, I love that Soupy and Ophelia are pretty much like Boris and Natasha. Yeah. Or or for or for you Joss Whedon Angel fans, Lila and Lindsay from Wolfman Heart. I love the, I love this the like back and forth of I hate you, I hate you too, I need you, I need you too. I hate you more. Yes. I lo- I love their interactions. I also love that I I love Mallory Jansen to just look of fear every time the 
Ghost Rider showed up. Yeah, it was like, I did not account for this. Yeah. <laughs> I do not understand what's going on. I don't know how to respond to this. And, um, and she's Robbie's like, confidence just in, in going after her was just, yeah. he was single, but he was single-minded. It was determined. He knew exactly what to do. And I don't, I think she surprised him a little bit in what she could do, especially like the, the Gordon uh, ability to te- teleport. Stuff. But I think it was the first time, you know, we ever saw Ada scared. Yeah. And yeah. like and, truly scared, not pissed off and not yeah. realizing that fear that she had when she was realized what emotions were and when she was feeling emotions. But she was scared for her life. It's it's almost like it's almost like her her simulated flesh from the dark cold like subconsciously knew who that guy was and why and he was and what don't fuck with him. And why he was there. And I really loved how Gabriel alluded kind of channeled like John Bernthal Punisher in the sense of I got a job to do, you need to get the hell out of my way and let me do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure Gabriel's a big Punisher fan too, so that makes total sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I just I lo- I loved um because what do you think this is called between Gabe and I mean um Robbie and um Daisy? Is it I'm kind of attracted to you, but I'm kind of not? Are we friends? What's going on here? I think they're allies. I like how they I like how they played it. Like they don't know what <laughs> it's kind of like what me and Coulson have in this episode too. It's like, what are we? Are we gonna go down this road? No, because there's so many more important things that we need to do first <laughs> before we get into this. But I have I have to say right off the top before I forget this, loved 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 Elena. I loved Ratcliffe, which is shocking yes. to me because I really didn't like him from the majority of this season or last. And loved Mac. That whole storyline in the framework. Ugh. Yeah, I. it was heartbreaking because you, <laughs> we really didn't know what was going to happen. No. And even though we all had hopes. Uh, no pun intended. Yeah, for, <laughs> a certain, for a certain child to make it out. When that didn't happen, it really, like, I cried. Like, I, lo- I know James, I know James, you're shocked. Yeah. Um, I love I love that there wasn't a sound effect. I love that there wasn't a sound effect. I really like that. People just disappeared. Yeah, attention. Yeah. Well, there were sound effects when people disappeared, but I loved it when Hope disappeared and there wasn't a sound effect. I think that would have cheapened, like, the look on, um, Henry Simmons' face. And yeah. that one line where he, the one line where he just goes, my baby. Yeah. My baby. He was just, she was there and then she was gone. And I think that that kind of was, I think, his time with her in the framework was his way of saying goodbye yeah. to his ideas of being a parent, to his thought about what his child would be because she died so young. Yeah. Um, I think that's something a lot of parents who lose children very young or, or in infancy really have trouble letting go of is they had dreams and aspirations for their child and they have you to not said just... Something. You almost said I know. Um, <laughs> the, you, you not only have to mourn your the loss of your child, you have to mourn the loss of the child's thought and the life they were going to have, or the life you envisioned for them yeah it's like when it i've had ta- i've had friends who have children with special needs born with special needs and they have to go through a mourning process because that's when you're when you're expecting a child you don't expect complication you expect oh. your perfect child and you have to let go or your healthy child you anyway yeah, right that's how my mom went through yeah with me when i was diagnosed yeah my father my mother and my father were like the same way in terms of helping me walk like they went to everybody they could did every did everything they possibly could and they, and and one of the doctors finally said, "No, it's his brain. We even even now you can't go into somebody's brain and fix something like that. It's too it's too dangerous." But I but I loved I I loved how Henry Simmons played denial. 
Like you could yeah. see it in his eyes. You could see it in his just in his sad, like denying eyes that he knows exactly what's happening. He was he fighting. He was fighting the reality when Mac is usually the most grounded in reality person we have. Yeah, he was the one who who was the most. It was the most difficult to let go of fantasy almost. Yeah, and that was a really unique way to play that character, especially when he is the one who's so grounded. Um, but I think Yo Yo being there was the only only way he could get through that. And I, and I also, oh, go on, go on. Sorry, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. That was tough. Yeah. I, th- I think also, too, we have to remember something. With the framework, everybody has more or less a nightmare. Mac did, sure, he was in hell, but he was in hell with the one person he wanted to be there with, if that makes sense. For him, it was heaven. Yeah. He got to yeah. be with his daughter. And I think the loss of that, but I think maybe he will be okay back in the real world because he did have that time with her and that time that he mourned and that he he got to at least be a dad to her and I think he'll accept that as as a blessing rather than a curse which is why he wanted to stay he wanted to be a dad I don't think he really comprehended what was going to happen until it happened well it's it's like when you're in a well let's say you're in a dream not a nightmare but a dream and everything's right why would you ever want to wake up right and, and and to quote to paraphrase Rod St- Rod Stewart, wake up, wake up, Mac. Yo, you got something to say to you. That's all I did. Yeah. That's all I gotta say. I but I really but I also really loved like you know, Radcliffe is like like the Jiminy Cricket or the like the like him and Coulson in this episode are like the audience like a physical physical manifestation of of the audience watching. Like get out of here! What are you doing here? Yeah, I. I loved Radcliffe in this. Um, that scene was great. With it him. reminded me it, that scene with him taking the, the alcohol yes. yeah, to the beach. Yes. And I just immediately thought of the last of one of the last scenes of Rogue One when Cassian and Jin are they know what's about to happen there on the beach. Yeah. And I was just like I, I tweeted that too. I was like, oh, and it gave me such feels. Um, I was like, oh. And I knew it because I didn't, I don't want to say goodbye to John Hanna as this character. But what a way to go out. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It was, he had, he, he redeemed himself, not only in the eyes of like the people of the shield team but he redeemed himself in his own eyes yeah. he helped as many people as he could get out he understood what he had done and why it was wrong um, and I thought that was his moment of redemption was almost oh. to be taken out by the thing that he created yeah and this is and this is his penance pretty much and I love that he didn't get to get he didn't get to say his last line that was total Joss Whedon or a, a Joss Whedon thing like, you know the, this nice like oh, this nice beautiful monologue and oh no you didn't get to finish and I love how the camera just slowly goes black because because that's like pretty much saying like you know like the framework is pretty much done now what were you gonna the say other James? one was the um uh the glass like slow the slow motion glass falling I felt that was yeah. a that actually like felt kind of tragic to me and that was like I I didn't get teared up but I was like yeah if that was like if this was more Radcliffe centered I probably would have cried with that shot with that glass just falling yeah. slow motion yeah this kind of really hits home it, the note that yeah he's gone now to use a literary term it's like Cyrano like 
playing like the Stradivarius is Roman's burning to the ground and he's the last one he's the last one left yeah it was it was a good goodbye I wish we weren't saying goodbye because I'm such a John Hanna fan um, from his films and uh, it, I thought he he got he got a worthy goodbye yeah mm-hmm. and uh, as much as I hated saying goodbye to Hope um, yeah. more for Matt's sake than for her own sake I thought that she fulfilled what he needed and you understand and the writers made the writers made Hope yeah. and it's a really hard balance to do especially with the young performer cute but not like hamming it up cute not overdoing it and, yeah. and like everyone says you understand why Mac would not want to leave this girl oh god yeah they're, 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 it's that choice we don't want to have to ever make yeah <laughs> and, but um I, I particularly enjoyed uh Crazy Cakes uh, Ada in this episode yeah that was my next thing do you think uh, that she was do you think she, she was, was playing it up a little too much towards the end though no I no. thought that no. we, she's like a newborn baby in a lot of ways except she's being <laughs> flooded by hormones yeah, yeah if they don't get what she wants to get any crank yeah she's like and I hate when people say this about women because I find it misogynistic uh it's like she was constantly PMSing yeah um, but my one of my favorite things about her is in her performance is I understood her anger yeah I understood her fear I understood her hurt and that's because of yeah. Mallory Jansen not overplaying it she she played a really fine line because you can see where that character could have gone full Glenn Close yeah. <laughs> and she didn't she kept it reined in she had moments of doubt and you can see that in her performance in the eyes she the character had moments of doubt and then she went from un, like this whole kind of I don't know what I'm going to do to totally and utterly confident and single focus I'm going to take you all out mm-hmm. but she still had the fear and the doubt and that to me is what makes someone human yeah and I thought never had Ada been more more of a human being than at that moment yeah did it, did any did anybody see did anybody see the that coming with Gemma not being Gemma in that yeah. in that hallway I didn't see it coming at the time I I I thought well, my friend Beth and I uh, at Midnight Fairy, uh, she calls Gemma her cupcake. And whenever something happens to the cupcake, <laughs> there's there's a conversation between me and Beth. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, they can't take away the cupcake. They can't. T- so now it's like, she's my cupcake. They can't take away the cupcake. <laughs> and so that's when I started going, how could they get away from a dead Gemma? And I was like, oh, yeah. I wonder if the, I wonder if she's an LMD version. Yeah, because I forgot. And then when she showed up in that amazing standoff scene, I was like, ah. Yeah, because I've forgotten that they were back at the base i i had forgotten that yeah so they're they're back at the playground and that's their that's their turf and they know it better than anybody and i was just the whole scene between vit and simmons where she's trying to reassure him that he's not the person he was in the framework yeah. It was really hard for me not to nominate both of them. Yeah, but format. here's the here's the thing, and I will I will defend this until I see something different. They're broken up. <clears throat> they are broken up. They are not they are not together right now. Especially the look, especially the look that that Simmons gives Fitz when he tells everybody else to go, and he and he wants to take the fall for everything. And we'll get we'll get into the assassination thing a little bit later, but. I, Everybody is like, everybody else is like, say, looking at Fitz, like, what are you talking about? You're just the only one that's saying, like, looking at him, like, you know, you're not wrong. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think that they were. They're, they're not together anymore. 
work. I'm not saying that they're going to get with anybody else. I'm not saying that, you know, they're going to stay broken up for the rest of the series. I'm just saying for right now, they're the furthest thing for, from being in, in a relationship. I, I, I just, I don't think it was, it was clear either way. I think that there's going to be some time absolutely needed, but mm-hmm. I don't think a decision has been made because nobody said it and she was talking to him as a, both a colleague, a friend, and a girlfriend. So I think that for Fitz's sake, I think for him to come back to a place where he will trust himself, they probably shouldn't have a relationship to manage on top of all that, on top of all these trust issues. They shouldn't be trying to make their relationship work. But I don't know how clear it was that, that they were done. But like, um, I, but like I said, I'm, I'm not saying that they're going to be with other people. Oh, I'm not saying... They'll probably find their way back to each other because they did say they loved each other. And so, um, but sometimes you need that time, especially when you've been through trauma, that it, you need that time just to be alone and to process for yourself. But, let, but let's face, but let's face it. I, I've I've seen a lot of relationships on and off TV when people say like they're doing the Ross and Rachel were on a break thing. Really, if ever do they get back together? I want them to, but again, Gemma's issues are coming to grips with the fact that Fitz did what he did in the framework. Fitz is just getting his head around of who actually am I? Right. Like, well, she's also the one trying to say you are not that person. So I think some couples counseling is needed. Um, but I think that they do need some time just alone. And I think that the hiatus, I think that we come back from the hiatus, they'll either be in process of working their way back to each other. I, but I don't see them being apart for, for much longer. Um, because I think- the reason why they're not together is because they, like Nikki said, they, it's not because of they don't want to be together. They just have the, their issue, their own issues apart from each other. They need to work through and they can't do that right. in a relationship. Right. And then Fitz is incredible guilt and he even has guilt over, you know, Talbot. Yeah. And what happened, um, which, you know, another part of Ada going crazy cakes is this weird plot to bring down Daisy and therefore bring down S.H.I.E.L.D. Bring, by and having, bring down the Inhumans along with bring Daisy. Bring down the Inhumans by saying an Inhuman is, has, has shot Talbot even though it was the LMDs who had done it. It's like and, Inhumans yeah. Days of Future Past, essentially. And I think... And, I think was this is definitely scared? going to affect the Inhumans TV show for sure. Well, yeah. Like, like there's no, there's no way that the Inhumans are going to be leaving the royal family is going to be welcomed with open arms to Hawaii, no matter what happens, because yeah. there's so much paranoia about the Inhumans already. And like, I know the Inhuman royal family doesn't have anything to do with them, but they're going to have to convince the world of that. But I have to say, so, great, great job on making Tobit like more li- unlikable than he already was in the previous yeah. episode. Yeah. Like when he's talking to Coulson on the phone, he's like, you know, that's not good enough. I I want another pony. That's not Ooh, good yeah, enough. I want an extra I was just, I'm glad that he survived because I do like Adrian Pazdar. I, I thought he was shot in the face. Like I, he was I shot in the upper forehead. He was shot in the chest. Yeah. And, no, the upper forehead. forehead. I was like, what? The upper, upper forehead? Well, yeah. he survived it. And it happened. Um, but I really, I mean, I used to have a huge crush on Adrian Pazdar back in the 80s. So, um, yeah. No disrespect to Adrian that, Pazdar. I don't have a problem with him. I have a problem with Glenn Talbot. I always have him Talbot, in the Holocaust. Uh, maybe this will make Talbot a better person. I don't know. I'm just glad that they didn't kill him for the inhuman sake and for shield sake that Talbot yeah. survived it. Yeah. Um, 
and they just are going to have an uphill battle trying to prove that that wasn't really Daisy. But they do have the, the inhuman, they do have the LMD Daisy, so they can prove it that way, because, I mean, they killed her, so to speak. I have to say, I have to say. They probably that. kept some of the pieces. <laughs> I have to but say. It's, it's definitely a step back for inhuman, human uh, bomb. But uh, it's also going to, like, make people paranoid about LMDs now, too, because now they realize that Soupy and uh, his little friend, Damn. his little, you know, all of the Soupies and all of the, you know, his little buddy who went in there with him are, you know, I just, I really want them. Yeah, for all we know, they're still up and running. Well, I, well, Soupy is now a good star in a movie, so that actor, which is drawing a load of controversy, and I totally understand it, and I am, I stand with the people that are offended by his mm. casting. But, but going, but going back to this episode, I I was, I'm sorry, but this is just the first thing that came into, came to my mind in in terms of Talbot's assistant, the way she, she's talking to people. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you're still a virgin, aren't you, Missy? Oh, let's not go there. No one's that uptight and, and that bossy for no I reason. But that's, but, but that's just my opinion. That's just my she's opinion. She's military. But, she's yeah, military. Um, she's she's yeah. probably, like, all on board for whatever Talbot nonsense is. Because yeah. that's what happens you're in that kind of position. Is that you, you start follow, to... Yeah. yeah, thank you. And you yeah. start to kind of say... Order. Yeah, she's following orders. And she's probably, you know... And she's probably still dealing... And, and she's probably still dealing with her privates. Moving on. <laughs> oh, let's not be misogynistic. Oh, wow, oh my love... God. Uh, I'm, I'm a degenerate. What I can I say? I thought she was just being hysterical. And I hate when people call women hysterical because that is a sexist term. I'm sorry. She, she, I, from, she, she wasn't being hysterical. She wasn't being hysterical. She was actually... I don't think a lot of you guys... She wasn't being hysterical. She was being annoying. Top is trying to be the inhuman's friend in this case. Yeah, I agree. You're writing that down. Never call... Never... Never call me. My point is she was being annoying and, uh, can you guys hear me? Yes. yes, I can hear you. I'm trying to yeah, listen sorry, to James. Yeah. I totally agree, James. I think that he <laughs> was trying to be more understanding and to show he's trying it. to be there. He's trying to he's trying to help them. Right. Well, he's trying I to help himself making make he's trying to help himself by helping them. Let's be let's yeah. be honest. Like Well we don't know that. I, I yeah, Talbot but he still is, wants, he I still I, wants. I, I never trust yeah. Talbot. I didn't in the comics, I don't hear. I'm just saying, like I I hate it when people who have no idea what they're talking about want to take control like that like in small circumstances and big circumstances like again i wanted somebody to i wanted me to punch that girl in the face is what i want what were you gonna say james yeah, okay very, very elaborate james that's all i really had to say though is that like he he's just trying to he's just trying to be their friend and he just wants to he's trying to defend the inhumans like public reputation from mm-hmm. uh from like soupy for example so it's just yeah but again i, mean, I don't think that I don't think that's the benefit for the humans. I think he just wants to protect himself and to to not create anarchy because nothing good can come from mm-hmm. you know humanity trying to I hunt. I don't think I don't think we have enough information either way. I I, I agree. Well, with no, this is just by a point of view. You can have. Oh, inf- I know. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. I I agree with with James. I think that I don't think Talbot really has the intellectual capability to be like playing so many sides. 
I, the capacity yeah. to play that many sides. He's such a straight, and this is not true of all military personnel, but it's true of the military personnel that I know, is that uh, they're they're very upfront. There's not a lot of uh, subterfuge going on. Uh, he's, I think that it showed his evolution as a character from someone being so anti-anti-inhuman to someone who is being willing to accept, be accepting and to um, try to do what's right. And I think that's the influence of the S.H.I.E.L.D. team on him and what he's seen and what he's experienced as a de facto member of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, but I, I don't buy it because I don't trust anybody in that three-piece suit. Uh, He's wearing a military uniform, not a three-piece suit. Still yeah. a version oh, well. of a three-piece suit, but go, going more towards the end of the episode, I, I loved Coulson's idea. I did not see it coming. No. I, I, I no. thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um, it, it, because, I that he was wearing because we saw in the, like... yeah. it was so cool seeing him like that. Because we saw earlier in the episode, and to set this up, we saw earlier in the episode that, that like, every time the Ghost Rider showed up, Ada would just teleport out, and we learned from Fitz that yep. he did, he did modify inhuman powers from, from people that we'd already seen in season past, VJ Nadir, Gordon, Lincoln Campbell, and we also learned that in this episode that, like, Ada's inhuman powers pretty much have no effect on the Ghost Rider. Little, uh, to, little to no effect on the Ghost Rider. Which is why she was so, like, ah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> because she's used to being the dominating force, and when Robbie showed up, it was like, I've never seen this before, I don't know what's going on, and nothing I'm doing is working. Yeah, but... Something, yeah, what but, am I supposed to do now? It was her first, like, uh, glimpse of, uh, what? But, and I don't know what to do. It was her first, the, <laughs> that doubt in her. And all, and also, the and it also set, it up, set up earlier in the episode that it's pretty much like, I don't know, because you can't really talk to these animals, but it's like a, a newborn guppy just turned around and saw a tiger shark front of her. She tried her best. She thought she could take him. Love and the, she couldn't. Oh, to go back a little bit, because we kind of skipped over this, the reason why Ophelia went after Daisy and made Daisy the quote-unquote scapegoat is what she did to Ophelia in the framework. Well, yeah, That's and also it's just like she's the easiest target because she's an inhuman as well as being in the shield. Exactly. Region, so. well, to go back to what Nikki was saying earlier, like she is being vindictive, she is being vengeful, and 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 obviously this actually confirms now that she did she did feel everything that happened to her in the framework, especially when she got dumped out of the tris going by Daisy. But but well, I think that was more of her pride. Yeah. Yeah. Than physical hurt because we we know that she was an LMD at the time she couldn't have really felt physical pain um, in that respect but she was it was her I'm gonna get you back bitch because to Nikki's point and I, you're correct on this I think it's not that it's not that like she injured her physically per se it's she's the first one to actually like fight back against Man of Hydra and, and, and win yeah and that's why and I I love the effect shot I love the fight scene with Ghost Rider Daisy and and the LMDs. I, I love the kind of returning back to the quippy just just wing dialogue of never say you, you can't stop me because you know what? Oh yeah, that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I was I was part of me like with the whole with Colson um, taking on the ghost uh, was I was so happy for Clark because of what a Marvel fan he is and how cool was it that he got to be Ghost Rider for a few minutes. Yeah. I mean, I I was just like I was shocked by what happened. I was like I did not see that coming but it was also the best 
best solution to that problem. And Clark got to be ghostwriter and Coulson <laughs> got to be ghostwriter. And it just, that whole sequence, just it, the ghost, the writer gives you a certain amount of power, but most of it is it come from the person mm-hmm. and it just made Coulson like his goodness and his integrity and his dignity. It was all there. And he was using the ghost writer to, to, to do something for the, for the better, for the better. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, Oh my God, this is yeah. amazing. And to backtrack a little bit because some some people may have forgotten that earlier in the season, remember the ghost can't be transferred because we saw it on Mac earlier. It got knocked out of him, right? Not knocked out of Robbie or something, and it went to yeah, it went to Mac. It can it can jump to people if need be, and oh, the thing is is with this though, like Robbie and Colson talked about the deal that was made, and I think um one of the things in that is that Colson, the thing about the Ghost Rider especially, like it's the spirit of vengeance, Mm -hmm. and Colson doesn't really have any vengeance to enact in this case. So I I feel like there's there's something that he made a deal with the writer, and what is that deal? I don't want to I don't want to see Colson next season season die for a second time and and they just cut to somebody help me Daisy why would you say that why would you, here's the thing why about would you that's, a, like, that's a supernatural <laughs> reference for those who don't know <laughs> here's the thing about those like like um I feel like Colson's lack of vengeance is probably what meant that was why he had to make the deal because Robbie was yeah. had a lot of vengeance in his heart Mac had a lot of vengeance in his heart but um Colson doesn't so Did I feel Coulson like Colson sell his soul I don't think he sold his soul necessarily I think, no, I think, I think I think he retained his old. Yeah, I think the thing is, like, he just has to. There's, I feel like he owes the writer something right. at this point. Like, if the writer comes to him and needs something to happen, then Coulson right. is going to have to be forced to do it, right. or he or will. Or a his writer soul, so. can come back, not necessarily Rob. There's, there was a deal made, and Coulson needed the spirit of vengeance to protect him in going right. up against Ada because he was the one who had to take Ada down. Yeah. And he was the only safe one. Yeah. But I have he has because he has no vengeance. I think right, that's the other exactly. thing too. Is like he can't be corrupted he, by the writer. He's exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah, like Mary Fitz, Gemma, Daisy, they all have some kind of vengeance in their yeah. heart that they want to Elena, really Elena, Mac, they all have vengeance, but Coulson does not. Coulson doesn't, and I think that's absolutely correct, James. It was just like, that's why it worked. And I think the the payoff was they gave Robbie the dark hole. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. I don't think that there's anything else well, the writer will come for unless... Well, no, the, because cause Robbie said, like, um, I don't envy you, and, he, and Robbie said, I was about to say the same thing to you, so I'm pretty sure that Robbie... Like, yeah, there is, the there is a deal in place and not just for the book like the writer wants something I don't we just don't know what it is I kind of took that as because the writer can sense your feel your thoughts and knows what you're thinking and knows what you're feeling that when it went back to Robbie it kind of had the like Coulson thoughts and feelings in it and Robbie was like I don't envy what's going on in your head you know the the trouble that you feel you're in or something like that but you know I think it's really interesting if Coulson owes the writer a favor and and honestly let's be honest we need to remind our audience again (gasps) Nikki does doesn't want me. Nikki doesn't want any Mephisto going after her Coulson. Yeah, <laughs> nobody messes with Coulson. But we, but but, but somebody of, does. But speaking of Coulson and Nikki, at the end of the episode. But before we get there, we need to mention one last thing. I love the just subtle interplay between Coulson and May. Yeah. Where they're not sure what this is, but let's let's just it's kind of like let's go on a date, not an official date, but let's just have a drink together. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's see where. 
with those. Kind of like a divorced couple that hasn't seen each other in a long time. And they're they're, they're like a, No, no, no. Like no, 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 let me finish, please. Let me finish. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, James. Let me finish, please. Like it's a like it's a divorced couple that's like, okay, we haven't been together in a in a long time and and we don't know where we are, but let's have a drink. Let's talk it out and wherever we are at the end of this, we are It's like a high school sweethearts thing. I think yeah. it's better though, because yeah. they never really they never, never had a bad moment. Either so. one, either one works. But um, Steve, I need to give you credit for this one. Going into the last, the last couple scenes of the episode, oh, I, yeah. I, I, oh, I could, I, I could believe that this is sword. Not necessarily Marie Hills involved, but I could believe that this has something to do with sword. Which, for, which for, which for those who don't know, and this is a quick version of this, sword is basically space shield. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's gonna take place in the future a little. I, that was well, the only thing I could think. Yeah, I just when they were sitting at the diner and they were all eating, and then all of a sudden they froze, and that guy had the that device. I was just like, wait a minute, and what? At first, Did I thought it was Hydra, that, but then I thought about it. I think the um, device looks like something that was in Iron Man One, but I don't yeah. know if that's... with Obadiah Obadiah staying using yep. that freeze technology. Yeah, yeah. I th- I thought that too. So maybe it does have something to do with with you know the, maybe that Stark. technology that Stark yep. just disbanded that part of his business, and maybe somebody took you know the technology that but i was just like i was like wait a minute how are they doing this does this mean they're my first thought was are they still lmds oh my god i feel so much better now and then they he woke he woke up at base and it didn't seem like he was that surprised no that was the the, the, that was the thing with his monologue to himself okay enough sightseeing let's go to work but i i have to mention this and i'm sorry that we're, we're going back for a little bit but i love that in that meeting with all of like the like members of the different countries. If you look closely enough, and it's only a couple seconds, the names of the people. Um, ninety percent sure that they're all comic book writers from Marvel. Oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but either either that or production staff. But I we we can't gloss over this. The 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 rah rah team speech that Daisy gives to everybody. That was awesome. one of the best scenes in the the episode. I, yeah. yeah, I thought it showed you know she was really back, and I with her telling bits you know what she went through when she left the team and he's the one that convinced her to come back which we kind of forgot about i think that Fitz needed to hear that because daisy's probably the only person who understands him right now yeah yeah so i thought it was a very powerful scene and you know what i loved at nikki is her is her talking about her dyeing her hair and putting the makeup on yeah yeah (laughs) i was like i I totally thought about you in that scene i was like (laughs) i i think i commented on it in the live tweeting uh, on the across the airway feed was I'm just glad that the makeup's not back, the eye makeup is gone or something. I said yeah. something yeah. about the eye and makeup. I like, uh, just because I, I was like, oh my god. And I, and I just love that the Daisy mentioned that because yeah, th- thank you for acknowledging that it, that was bad because several people didn't think so. Well, like, I, maybe maybe they saw my my constant <laughs> tweet about it going make it stop. And as a former beauty advisor, nobody laughed for. <laughs> I can hey, say, you, you even laugh, I you, know better to not do makeup like that. To be fair, you laughed and first. I don't wear makeup at all. To be fair, what, woo? To be fair, you laughed first after you said that comment, so that negates everything else. Yeah, it was very strange that they assigned, that they made me a beauty advisor since I don't wear makeup. That's like Steve and me being hopscotch instructors. I don't think that's going to happen any. Um, but I want to say, though, I think... Um, <laughs> it's true. I, think, I do think that it was like pretty obvious 
obvious in the last scene that they were, at least in the diner scene, I mean, that they were all like getting along at yeah. least well. Yeah. That's their swarm scene at the it, end of the um, <laughs> I just, I don't know who these people are, but I, I'm interested by the idea of a space setting. And um, like the fact that we only see Colson there is interesting because I feel like it might be possible that it's not, that's only him that's up there and maybe the rest of the team is on Earth somewhere. I don't know. It could be. So. Yeah. And there were so many questions that I was left with it, that the, the, the episode did not answer nearly any of them more, because more, what more. it did answer it answered and we got a solution we had our closure on the Ada thing we haven't had our closure on Robbie but I think that's all of us don't want that closure because we want and they left the door open for him to come back so exactly really and they left the hell mouth open for him and then mm-hmm. but what just that last those last two scenes the diner scene and the scene where he wakes up in on well, I don't know the Nostromo yes uh, the Xenon 21st is, century or scene the, sh- the ship from Dark Matter which if you haven't watched Dark Matter watch Dark Matter um, was it left me with more questions which is why when I wrote up the note for the episode it's just uh, what no, is this the, the thing segment? though is I think um, I feel like they probably shot a, a different alternate ending for this episode in case it was the last season because I don't think they would have left it with that wide of a door if they if it was the last season I, so I'm pretty sure that they I'm like, pretty sure you're right James I, because I really hope that that's the case because as much as I don't want them having to have record, shot a scene an ending for the show that was an ending for the series um, it would have been the smart thing to do unless they knew well in advance of it being public that they were coming back because they, yeah. they, they announced that late like super yeah, super it was late. really really late they, they finished shooting this the season week, weeks ago yeah and it's yeah, not so hard to get one actor back kind of to shoot one. yeah yeah but yeah, and it's also not hard to like get clark right back for just one scene well, well i'm not but talking about just clark scene i'm talking about the diner scene diner too. I, scene, like the yeah. Din- yeah. I feel like the diner scene was another one that they they could have like shot two alternate landings right. there for that, that could have been the ending is them all there together and we don't know what happens and, and, after. and someone but, listening to this please verify me verify this if i'm wrong doesn't that title look almost exactly like the same title that we see in a funny thing that happened on the way to thor's hammer i, I think mm. you mean the other one the consultant the consultant i'm sorry because the funny thing happened was in the yeah. i'm sorry yeah, oh, yeah but true. yeah they're really similar so that's why i forget but yeah. The, yeah but that title looks so familiar but the lighting was different so i can't really tell the I also wonder why it was, was so bright creepiest. outside because that the bright the outside brightness was a little bit yeah that's what was making the whole scene kind of almost blurry in but a way it's just like um like what kind of setting would have that besides like either a desert or something artificial because i'm pretty sure but I mean, I, that's, what, that's what really that's what really hinted to me that they might be lmds because but, like yeah me too it, it seemed like a stage did not seem yeah. like it was a staged thing like there were like house lights out there like shining in and it just didn't seem real but i think that's done on purpose of course because they like, like the executive producers want the audience to to not necessarily understand what is going on here at all. Well, they so, did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> but I also, when he Coulson in the space, I also thought, ooh, this is how they bring him into Infinity War. That's my other thing because that I wanted to. Space. That's the other Maybe thing I want. Maybe he's gonna meet the Guardian. Maybe he's gonna do this. Maybe he's gonna do that. Maybe he's gonna do this. It, that's why I was like. That's what I was thinking too. It left up with more questions. Was what also, if this is a way to get him back? And if they if they do with that, like I think. Um, if it, like if the plan that they, that they laid out was indeed the plan, and they start sticking to it, then this is a great way to keep with that plan for sure. Well, yeah, yeah. and remember the Infinity War is coming. We know, we and know. It's going to well. be at the end of next season, so yeah. But we, but having something in space is a good thing to have, just in case that they can have some kind of bridge for Coulson to essentially help out, not too dissimilar to the way he helped out before the coming of Age of Ultron, and yeah. and my other thing is my other thing 
is this? N- now that we know that the Inhumans are coming, we have to have at least one crossover episode between of Agents of Shield and there has to Inhumans. be acknowledgement. I don't need there think there needs to be a crossover episode because I got I used to watch the CSIs and I hated the crossover episodes. It would um, be great actually. Would be if they have BJ and Talbot in yeah um, that's, Inhumans. That's what I would like to see. I yeah. don't need a full crossover. I need acknowledgement of yeah. the universe that we're we're in and that these are all connected. But I don't need a full blown crossover. Like like somebody mentions Daisy's name and Blackboard just like nods or just uses. Well, he wouldn't a, know who she was unless they were keeping track of the Inhumans on Earth. I'm just I'm just I'm just saying that as a as a as an example. I'm not saying that they're actually going to do that. Right. We also got to remember too that the last time we saw actual BJ was in the water. Maybe he landed near Hawaii. Well, he was in a lake. Which near... was which was my point too. Is like maybe the guy who I don't remember his name again, but like just call him the BJ. No, no, the human who lives underwater, like or the human who yeah, I can't remember, remember the family who yeah, like he's I can't remember his name, but yeah, he uh he he's he's Cause... he's trained to he's can exist underwater. So what if he finds VJ down there? That's my point. And brings <laughs> him to the other inhuman. And, a, and there's yes. another interesting point. The inhuman series can start like with the royal family coming to Earth and actually seeing what humans' reactions to inhumans are. Like that could be yeah, and I think essentially the beginning. And I think Maximus is going to use that to his advantage because if he says that look at how these people treat our kin right. like um black bolt's gonna try to rein that in and try to um uh try to like bring peace with the humans and humans but then again like if i think the key the linchpin is going to be medusa because she's the one who has to communicate with black bolt concerned yeah. if she gets like if she believes what what maximus says then he's going to be screwed and so. and it really in from what we've been hearing about the inhumans so far it really does have that kind of game of thrones-esque kind of storyline going on here. like yeah. the division between and, families and, and who should be the real leader and after i see this um uh after i saw the preview or like the synopsis of it and i saw the um uh, and I like know what Agents of Shield is doing with the leaving the Inhuman like storyline up for in the current MCU. Then I'm really excited for the Inhuman show now, and I really hope that it turns out to be good. And they're relaunching, and they're relaunching the Inhuman title along with the Inhu- along with the Inhuman TV show. By the way, I will, I intend to see this show in IMAX. I'm making a point to go see it. So I don't, we we don't know yet how we're gonna cover the Inhumans. I just know that I am making point to seeing the first two episodes oh. in IMAX just because you know if that, they're making that big a deal about it why not go see it in IMAX again yeah <laughs> and um, also we should make a point that this show that both in humans and ages of shield are going to be moving to Fridays come uh, oh, yes. fall in January well, yes that to me is like a death knell Friday night is like a death yeah. knell yeah well, for I think ABC is doing it smartly because they're putting it in a block with the, a bunch of other series so they're not like putting it right after a bunch of comedies but they're also putting once a upon a time there and Nikki and right, I seem so. to be on the same wavelength of you know and ABC for all like the big network ch- network channels they're like kicking butt on all cylinders in, in terms of ratings this is like a passive aggressive way to moving out to Friday like we don't know if we have confidence in the fact that you're gonna get enough ratings this season so we're just gonna move you there and this well. goes back to what I was saying last episode of the, it really does 
feel by the end of this episode that we just saw that season five could be the final one. <laughs> well, here's the thing also that I want to mention is that even Mark Culpeck is confident that this is actually a good move for the show because we're moving it away from uh, Flash. say NCIS, for example, and all that. So the, And also, like, this could be a good way to actually, like, have some, so there's no real competition on Friday night. So people will be able to say, oh, let's watch this. This is a good thing to watch on Friday night for once. I, I don't so, know. That's also the night everybody goes out. That's, yeah. No. In, in the past, I, I'm hoping I'm hoping you're right because I trust Mark Colpack. I'm just as the person who has watched television her whole life and I'm older than all of you. Friday night was moving a show to Friday night is kind of seen in the ratings world as you have no hope in this show. It's I'm so hoping well, that is I'm hoping they're trying to fix that and say we're gonna rebuild Friday night around Age of Shield because it is a strong contender. That's my hope. I'm just nervous. And Smallville was the exception to that rule because for one thing, for one thing, it was the CW's longest running show at the time and they were already in season nine and season ten. So, so, like, like, really and truly, like, there wasn't a lot of longevity, uh, and I'm second oldest next after Nikki, and I, and I, I, I completely, I'm 31. I'm 35. Okay, okay. So Steve is second. Okay, point is, we all been watching TV a long time, and Friday is not a, a, a good indication, not in terms of creative, but in terms of network backing that they want to keep you around. The only thing yeah. worse would be moved to Saturday. That's true. Well, the, only, the only time a move worked was, I can't even remember, uh, when they moved Big Bang Theory to Mondays and then moved it back to Thursday. Yeah, yeah or, right. or when or when they moved Bobby the Vampire Slayer from Monday to Tuesday. But that's the thing, the WB built their Tuesday night around Bobby the Vampire Slayer and later Angel. I don't know if ABC is going to do this necessarily. Well, I mean, they did say that they were trying to create a sci-fi fantasy block on Friday night, so that's yeah, what let's hope the whole point well, was. They, so. Yeah, Fox yeah. did that with X-Files until they moved X files to sunday night yeah which, um, which was the last three seasons but again you're X-Files. already there for you've been already there for like what not seven years to that point so like right you know, like, same thing that's why with my smallville example smallville was gearing towards an any way before they moved it to friday it's yeah. it's different in that. i have hope because i think it's, well, it's a strong show okay. and i mm-hmm. think the fan base will follow it yeah Go ahead. i think the thing here is like once upon a time they've already like kind of like they have a bunch of cast members leaving after this season yeah. so they could be moving at once upon a time for that reason but i think what they're doing is they're trying to leave us leave a couple of seeds within humans and agents of shield so that they can pick up a block there so that they can have one show go out and then pick up a sci-fi fantasy block going on on that fr- on friday night for the future yeah so it's possible yeah that's that's the hope that's the yeah. hope we all hope yeah. so shawarma wars gentlemen we're but, doing not but, only for the episode but also for the whole season and we're gonna give our our see our season long thoughts at the end of the shawarma award I, let's start out with our usual Schwarm Award. I have to go with Henry Simmons, Matt. Definitely, without a doubt in my mind. Yeah. I'm going with Clark. And, and why is Just that? Because of the, the ghostwriter. Okay. But in terms of emotional performance... Clark's was mm-hmm. awesome, but emotional Max performance. Max was emotional. Yeah. More emotional. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I thought Clark, acting-wise, I thought he played so many different sides of Coulson. The fatherly Coulson, the strong, you know, the strong uh, agent Coulson. The wisecracking uh, guy. The awkward Coulson. The awkward Coulson. That the smart-ass Coulson. The sassy Coulson. And, above all, he is always unflappable. And he he is our, he's almost stoic, but he's too mm-hmm. funny to be stoic. But my our unflappable leader and 
I thought that based on just how well he played all the sides of Coulson, and Henry was my my runner up. Yeah, I'm still saying Henry. Yeah, uh, Henry Simmons for sure. Now I want to put some rules for the season. Well, wait, wait, Steve, you said you said Henry too, right? Steve, what you said, Henry, right? Yeah, I said Clark. Oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> so it's a tie. Um, so we'll give it to both of them. Okay. Yeah. Um, I want to put down some. Uh, I put want to put down one rule for the season award shawarma. Um, you can have one honorable mention if you want to. Only if you mm. want to. Um, I've got mine. If 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 y'all if y'all have if, if y'all don't have yours already, I already have mine. Okay, Nikki, you go first. My winner for the entire season is Clark. Um, because Obviously. of all the different aspects we saw of him even when he was in LND. Um, I thought he, I think he's the emotional center of the show and I think he's just a phenomenal actor and it makes everyone else around him better. My runner up for the season will be Mallory Jam. Okay. Um, do you have a favorite episode of this season? Um, I often don't have a favorite single episode because I the show to me is, too, is so good. I have favorite moments in each episode. I have um, things that I find are more powerful. Um, but I think that Clark's performance as a whole is my favorite performance throughout the season, but I don't have favorite episodes. Okay, James. Uh, I want to let Steve go first, though. Okay, Steve. You're putting me on the spot. <laughs> I have I mine if you it. I have I mine if you want me to go. My former awards going for the season to the whole cast. <laughs> okay, you can do Yay. that. Yay. And do you have a favorite uh, episode? Uh, the last episode I like the best. Okay. Really so, James. Um, I'm probably actually going to go, go with Jason O'Mara for the oh. whole season, just because yes. he, um, he he gave us a whole arc for a character, and he, we we kind of bought every yeah. sort of way his character was being portrayed every time. Like we bought My him as Debbie. like a and a great a kind of way to sleazy. go out, great way to yeah, go we, out. But we bought him as like a sleazy kind of like uh, unsure if we can trust him kind of guy, and then we trusted him when he kind of proved himself. And no matter what he was doing, Jason O'Mara always managed to bring like some kind of heart to Jeffy in a way like. He he was funny but he was also you can't you took him seriously and you like um you basically believed that he was a real character and i think that's one of the best marks of an actor that you can ever have so i think actually yeah. jason omar probably should get the just my vote for the season uh and then i think runner-up definitely mallory just because she's mallory and she was it, she made ada she like gave so many different performances over yeah. the course of the season that like damn girl i hope you get more jobs <laughs> yeah do you have a favorite episode uh the king and eggs episode okay. that was so much fun uh, yeah. hot potato soup so much fun. Yes. Um, for my for mine, it's the actually the opposite of James. My my season long trauma award goes to Mallory Jansen. Like what everybody said, from being like the awkward neutral in the first episode we saw her in to what we saw at the very end of World's End. Um, fantastic. Simply fantastic because we knew she was going to be a big player in the end. We all knew that. But we didn't know how or why she was going to be that. And the way the writers crafted that was so expertly done. Like, it's some of the best storytelling that I've seen in dramatic TV in a while. My runner-up is Jason Omar. Like, I remember, I remember before Nikki called him Jeffy, how much we did not like this character initially, how we just thought he was going to be a male Constant Zimmer. Um, and, but to his credit, to Jason O'Mara's credit, he turned it around. He made us care about him. And right up there with John Hanna, his, the way he went out is probably one of the best exits in Agents of Shield history. Um, he went out a hero. He was a complicated character who didn't yep. feel 
he deserved to be a hero and he went out a hero. Yes. My favorite episode. It has, I don't know, I can't remember the actual episode title, but I'm calling it Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Revenge of the Body Snatchers. When mm-hmm. everybody in, in the playground is an LMD and no one really knows who they can trust. Love the performances from Chloe Bennett and Liz Henstridge. I hope you're having a good time in England, Liz Henstridge. I follow you on Instagram and apparently she's back there. I love the way everything shot, was shot. Um, Jed Whedon did an amazing job. His first outing as a director. Top to bottom, one of the best episodes in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. history. Um, I know I'm putting everybody on the spot with this next question, but where does the season rank for the four seasons that we've seen? For me, it's the best season of the show. Overall. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I would, it's like tied between season one and season four for me just because, like, I really, I miss the days of season one where everything was simpler and nothing hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, when, when uh, Grant was still a good guy. Yeah. And it was just like season one, I know it gets a lot of crap, but I think it was still one of the most, like, fun. That's one of the best pilots I've ever seen. Was Asian I actually think the pilot's probably the worst episode of the season. Probably one of the, not my favorite episodes of the series, but I think it's like, it was just a, going into the entire show, it just felt like a really good way to, like, introduce us to all these people. And it just felt like a really, it was a good time. I enjoyed watching the show just for the pure enjoyment of it back then. And now I watch it because it's high quality storytelling, but it's also really painful. And back then, like, was so much simpler. For me, so yeah, season one and season four are my time. For me, this is tied between season two and season, it's a tie between season two and season four. Great writing up and down, up and down all the cast. And this show has a big cast. So for everyone to be serviced, for everyone to feel needed in a part of the team and to have a storyline where when it started, we had no idea where it was going to start, where it was going to end. I, I think this may have to be my favorite season of the show thus far. And season five has a, has a, as you know, a tough act to follow in terms of storytelling. Um, I really thought season three was just an outstanding season, so I'm going to say three was my favorite, followed very shortly by season four. Yeah. Um, we have some feedback. Oh, Clark Gray uh, might direct an episode next season. Oh, shit. We're just fine now that. Uh, MCU Exchange. Oh, nice. Uh, and he is a great director. If you guys have never seen any of the work he's directed, he is really, really amazing. Um, and, like, Trust No One, or Trust Me, sorry. Trust No yeah, One's trust, Ultimate trust, trust Me was brilliant. If you're a fan of Chuck Palahniuk novels, he, Clark directed Choke, um, with starring the amazing, incredible Sam Rockwell, um, which is one of my favorite adaptations of a Chuck Palahniuk novel. Chuck Palahniuk uh, is a very well known known person in the video game industry if, if the name sounds familiar yeah we created a little bunch of comedy video games back in the early 90s yeah but um yeah so from our good friend Aaron um never <laughs> never been so late in getting these tweets done but I just had to be for the finale <laughs> didn't expect 12 monkeys third season to be a three day event before episodes tonight either oh well the season's just over and this is beautiful upsetting amazing thing I didn't expect anything less and she replied to me when I was live tweeting that um I was talking about I think uh it, or no the season going down the blazing glory just because uh, it's the finale, obviously. And she said, hoping this place of glory doesn't include tears that everyone that we love makes it through without any, any heartache. So, last episode of the season, where'd time go? Did I really watch 21 incredible episodes already? <laughs> I mean, you know, it does, feel, it does feel like it was shorter, but also longer in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, hang on. So, uh, yeah, the Hell Charger is back, baby. <laughs> that was an awesome entrance, too, of the Hell Charger just mm-hmm. being yeah. coming out. That's what I mean. This is like the most badass interpretation of Ghost Rider we've seen ever. What? I want Lola to meet the Hell Charger and them to Again. have a beautiful baby together. That's Cars oh, 4, by the way. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh god. Anyway, um, Colson and me in the Zephyr One. How's this? Is how it's supposed to be. Things are being put right again. You can explain why you drank that bottle of egg without me. Maybe it's not coming <laughs> over that anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gemma, that wasn't you. It's, it was me. I can still hear their screams. No, sweetheart, that was a different man. No, that um, was that was him. In a very dark place. But anyway. Yeah, still him. Um, can I just wrap this in my arms and never let go? He's been through too much. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they all have. He's back. This repetent red whip running around the framework saving people being wise and caring is my kind of guy. <laughs> uh, Radcliffe was actually really good at, in this episode. I actually give him a lot of, I give John Head a lot of credit. He really made Radcliffe feel good again. And I'm glad that they didn't bring back um, Trip and Ward just to have them there. They already had their goodbyes already. They didn't need to bring them back. Well, Trip did. I'm not sure exactly how Grant's one was compared but to... It, but it was good yeah. enough to where you, you didn't need to bring him in. And why would you when it's Matt, Al- Elena, and Hope? Radcliffe. Yeah. <laughs> so, can I just wrap this in my Okay, yeah, no, I already said that. He's back. Yeah, I said that too. <laughs> Didn't scroll. Anyway, Radcliffe to Yoyo. Somebody wants me to save you. Brilliant move by Daisy. Put Yoyo around the framework. <laughs> good one. Such a damn good episode. So many gasping moments. Can't believe the season's over already. I want Shield to suffer. Fitz, especially Fitz. Maybe don't you, Fitz. This is all your own damn fault. <laughs> hey, yo. Of <laughs> all the child neither emotions with too much power, I still feel sorry for you, but she definitely needs to die. Was anyone else actually a little bit, like, skeptical that she was actually really dead after the writer guy's hand? on her because I mean there were still scraps of her flying around I was like mm-hmm. no yeah. no mm. uh, that's that's what I really that's what I really love about Marvel in terms of the MCU when someone's dead they stay dead yeah. except for Coulson <laughs> no I'm talking about villains though like like, like Loki, Loki doesn't count because he wasn't the villain in Dark World but for the most part villains in the MCU they don't come back well, I mean, Loki did, and Thanos did. And Thanos hasn't really been the main villain yet. Yeah, that's what I mean. Anyway, um, where did I lose my spot again? Uh, okay. Yes, Robbie, please come skip the Dark Hold. I mean, you hear the name and you get fun games, but no. <laughs> That Ghost Rider Howl would make such a great ringtone. Or doorbell. Or charger horn. The charger horn would be cool. <laughs> um, they were murdered by a vanishing banshee made from that over the dimension. Could be my favorite Colson line of ever. <laughs> I didn't think I'd see you again after you felt through that hell mouth. Does Daisy love Buffy? References are so fun. <laughs> she also did a grinny face. The Earth is just one territory and the war has been going on forever. Feels like we're moving toward that infinity world with that line. If Clark Gregg and appearance life would be complete. <laughs> Elrond horse crap. That's the funniest thing you've ever heard from Talbot. Unexpected. But wait for it. There's still a pulse. What? Scratch the last thing I said. Tell too tough to die. <laughs> I feel like he might lose an eye though, because it looked like he got shot in the eye, but I could be wrong. It, it was it was the upper it was the upper forehead, but you, you, you could lose sight in your eye from that. It's, it's possible. I don't know. It just looked to me like he got shot in the eye. So I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. It doesn't really like completely confirmed. Anyway, that might be fun to watch you kill yourself. What a strangely amusing line from a crazy ex robot. <laughs> Your commentary is great, Aaron. I love you. Anyway, never say you can't stop me because the next because the mate you do. Love uses Hellfire dipped in shame. Yeah, that. <laughs> that was my that was my favorite funny one. I mean, Robbie with the chain is just awesome. Like, that chain effect is just... Uh, yeah. And stuff. Perhaps Flake, Quake, and, Quake and Split. Robbie and Daisy were a particularly awesome team up. <laughs> Missed mm-hmm. it, didn't I? Missed the most awesome thing. That yeah. was my other Sorry, favorite lid. Because <laughs> it, it's, yeah. like, it's like Quake is, like, not acting at that point. It's like he's speaking for the audience. And for himself, too, because yeah. he's such a nerd. <laughs> so, um, yeah, sorry, sweetheart. Clark Craig's delivery is everything. We're awake, reunified, and frankly pissed off enough to risk everything to stop her. Please don't stop Ada. Please, you do need to stop Ada, but please don't risk everything. Get the rest of the tree and then I backfire on you, Colson. 
<laughs> I'm tired of fighting. Let's take the fight back home. I'll follow you anywhere, Clark. <laughs> it's not to hear that, it's not that he doesn't believe, my dear. So he's starting to stay in spite of that. I love Dean Radcliffe. He's wise and kind of helpful. Is this, is this who he was before he used to before the love of his life got sick? Yeah. It's actually a good point. Yeah, yeah, because we never actually met Radcliffe before he, you know, got desperate to save the love of his life. Yeah. These are Natalia's best moments. I hope in her voice and sadness and the love of her eyes wrecked me. I mean, Natalia was great in the season, too. Yeah. We could see a lot of her, but she was awesome. I hope she sticks around more because she's a great character and a great actress. So. I think she will be moved up to, like, main cast just because of what we saw in the end of the episode. Maybe. Um, in your heart, you know the truth about this place. You don't even know. I thought that maybe if you saw me, you might look into my eyes, you would remember. You know, it's just, there's so many sad lines with you know, talking to Max. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, Robot Man is much more supportive. Colson, that's going to tip you off sooner. <laughs> <laughs> Will you ever forgive you? Will you ever forgive yourself for abandoning this daughter? After what I did from day one. Mm -hmm. Now I know why people have written so many sad songs. Okay, so maybe write a song instead of destroying the world. <laughs> Um, begging to let her live. Feel free to bleep me. My reaction to that was, what the ever-loving goddamn bleep, Ada? <laughs> no, we've said worse on this show. Yeah, true. But still. After that savage gem in the chest, you know, so I'm thinking, nah, there's no way. Then I started to wonder. I couldn't have been more surprised with the breath that caught in my throat when Ada killed Gemma. I knew they could possibly do this again if it's Simmons so soon after everything they've been through. And I thought she really fits its own reviver, but also doing this in more pictures too emotionally seemed a bit too composed to pick, to see a pick sticking out of what was like, pushing it and twisting deeper. And it seemed odd that Gemma suddenly blaming fits after comforting him while she already knows he didn't blame, how much he already blamed himself. And it's the new Gemma showed up with a gun, and of course it was an OMG Simmons. I didn't think it uh, too busy panicking. <laughs> I knew something was up, and there's not, there's enough to fool the brand new girl knows this season two. I so wanted Gemma to, I so wanted Gemma to say this line, I distracted you, you big turd blossom. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, because it really is that, like, it really is like the distracted, just so constant, can't get ready to like, take out Ada. Yeah, um, that's because we all know how superb the Castaker is when Fitz is really hurting, and that scene is really amazing. Can I have ever imagined a ghost Colson? Nope. That would be so much show. Ooh, wow, that's not a way you want to I deserve it today, but yeah, being burned up by the writers in some personal hell. <laughs> the world is ending, and I don't want to be done with it. The only person I care about right here. The only person I care about is here, too. I don't want to die. I want to, I want to be real. This is too sad. Poor hope for Mac. It was calling out to Mac. I was holding back the tears. But when he opened his eyes, I just cried. <laughs> I was actually really scared there for a second. I thought he Me too. was dead. Me too. Yeah. Because yeah. why? Because we could see you. them doing it. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, right. Wait, what deal? Colson, what deal? <laughs> One of the best moments, Mac telling you oh, there's nothing to do. They're so perfect together. Which one's the team? Mm. One thing I did, one thing is that we're all missed it. That's not you okay, you all lost ourselves in there. And speaking of the half the team, you have nothing to apologize for. Mm. Oh, Fitz, he needs all the hugs he can get. I really wish they had given like a big old group hug. No. That's not really no. what they do, but no, no, like, I do, not, I do not see that group of people hugging. That's like, that's like the defenders hugging in the group hug. Yeah, that's like, not gonna happen. Well, I guess I could maybe see the cast giving it to Ian if he, they felt he was giving such a hard performance in that scene. Just all kind of. Oh, I'm sorry, you can see Malignum. You can see Malignum. Of me doing that? Yeah. I mean, she'd probably be the last one to do it, but she might eventually get it on if everyone else is there and she's just standing there like, well, fuck. <laughs> that, that's like, that's like Tony Stark apologizing and saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a more em empathetic, empathetic person. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. Although I will say that Colson definitely did, or yeah, Tony did try to do that later on, but eh, he did not. Um, lost my place again, god dang it. I'm not gonna <laughs> say we're definitely. <laughs> okay, um, 
Oh, did I go too far? Shit. No, I'm not going to say we're definitely going to get locked up, but if we are, I wouldn't mind getting grabbing a bite to eat first. Yeah. <laughs> it's mean... the end of, it's the end and Coulson mentions food. Now I'm thinking of the Avengers and Shwarma Gwanjin. <laughs> well, here's the thing about it, though, is like, what if, um, I was really expect- hoping that they would like be able to call up Bobby and Hunter and like get some, uh, pointers on how to escape, but I guess they didn't get a chance to do that. <laughs> Well, especially uh, like you said earlier, they didn't know at the time maybe that they were filming this episode that this could be the last like episode of the show. If they knew it was the end, they would have called Bobby Hunter. If they probably, knew how yeah. to get a hold of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> uh, but as eternity without my beloved Agnes by my side, this is not the way the world ends. It's not with a bang, but with a and reckless disappearance in silence. What a gorgeous, depressing scene. And goodbye, John Hannon. You were fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice job. You got some whole power. I just think it was ominous. Sassy Coulson, the best Coulson, the right villain of sight. Let's get back to work. What spaceship space station? Where are you? So not arrested then. Is this space shield? Is this the director again? This season I could never guess where it would go or how it end. Mind blown again and again and again. This is the first thing I wrote since the last time I tweeted. I almost completely forgot. I can never thank Jason, Mallory, or John enough for the marks they made on the shield. Incredible work. And now I have to wait until mid season to see where this new air space situation is going to take up beloved agents. Ah, see you in January. Bye, Aaron. Love you. Bye, Aaron. Thank you. All right. Email from Morgan. Uh, um, Hello, Morgan. Indeed. Hey, Mark. Hey, guys. Well, I can't believe this time has come once again for an episode for the final meal of the season. Call all, all caps. What an episode. I'm so happy we got to see Robbie again. We just wanted to stay forever. Let's make a series regular next season because, yay, season five's happening. Ah. Okay, so can we talk about the easy Robbie fighting all beast together because, holy crap, that was so awesome. Visual effects were on point in this movie. Colson Maze Granter was great. We just really need to have a drink and talk it out. OMG and Colson making a deal with the Ghost Rider was insane. What the heck do you trade for that? I think the deal has anything to do with the team that came to get them in the diner. I mean, that's all unrelated. Could be like the TV show. I have a million questions. Okay, let's talk to Simmons. I started to think so trust in the show in two days and levels when he was stabbed, Jim. I had a feeling it was no empty, especially after Colson mentioned that he needed to send both on the same page, even if they still have stuff to work through. I cannot imagine how I would feel if they killed the real gem, I'd probably betrayed. This is very convincing that scene, though, and Danny, it was scary. Yeah, that cut right before the commercial where she was just like, you can die. She's like, ah. Yeah. If that was me, I would just shot myself. Yeah. It doesn't have the same effect when you're watching it, like, on your, t- on your DVR or on Hulu. It just doesn't have the same effect. Yeah. I love at the end that this is ready to be self-sacrificing and take the fall for everything. Daisy talked him off the ledge. She's right. They're all in together. And Gotta get through things together. It's better that way. Oh, 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 and Mac and Yo Yo, so happy that they're both out of framework and with my team, but Jesus ripped my heart out. Poor Mac losing his daughter again. That would hurt me real bad. But, like you said, yeah, at, least he has, at least he has memories of his daughter now. Like, he even says, like, when they get out, he, he remembers raising her now. At least it's better than what he had before. Yeah, or at least, like, something more, like, yeah, second chance. Yeah. So, um, uh, uh so yeah, that dinosaur was crazy pants. That was the stinger. Oh, gee, they all in a spaceship now. What's happening? And in season five, start now, please. Love the episode and the season as a whole. Takeaways: Rappy is bomb. Let's keep Robbie forever. Ada was a monster, and glad she's gone. The thing that made me angrier than any other script that I've seen on TV this season, but I still loved it. Question mark. <laughs> this isn't weird things in my brain. And can we please let the Sims be happy for five seconds? Why do I have to go so much pain every year? I'm so excited we're getting more shield. I can't wait to see where they start in season five. Rappy dies in the news. So in season five, Morgan. Thank you, Morgan. Thanks, Morgan. Thanks, Morgan. Um, so before we sign off, say goodbye. Um, I want to say something as the de facto leader of the podcast. Um, this was a really hard decision when I decided to keep going after we lost Anne. Um, but I think doing the podcast really helped with the grief. Yeah. And I know I could have gone on without uh, my co-hosts, Wu and James and Dave. Um, so I wanted to sincerely thank you guys for for doing the podcast with me so that we could 
continue what Dan would have wanted us to do. Yeah. Yep. So thank you and thank you to all of the listeners who've been so supportive. It's never easy to someone care about. I can't believe it's and almost it's, been a year. It's not every, no, every week I miss I miss him, but um, I think doing the podcast has really, with you guys, has really been the best thing that I could have done. Um, so I just wanted to thank everybody out there, Marvel Verse Land, and everybody at Across the Airways, and especially my co-host for keeping me going, keep making me do podcasts, and just being really good friends. So, so thanks, guys. We love you, Nikki. Thank you. Group hug. Group hug. Group hug. Group hug. Group hug. As, as far as the podcast goes, during the hiatus, we have a couple ideas that are in, in production at this moment. We haven't decided what we're going to do them yet, but we will be back definitely because there is a little movie called Spider-Man Homecoming coming up in two months and we have the Defenders in August. So we are going to be away completely during the hiatus. We'll do a news, news podcast or something. Every yeah, every, every, Mr. Hayfield and I are going to be working on Yeah, and I, and I'll be, and I'll be jumping into actually, actually have a good good name for the project that we're all coming up with together. So, I'm available just to let you know. <laughs> so is a pre-recorded closing time? Yeah, let's so. roll that pre-recorded closing, guys. Get out of Across the Airways podcast network website acrosstheairways.com Again, that's acrosstheairways.com You can check out all of our podcast shows available as their own individual program in the iTunes store Okay, Google Play store Guys, for the podcast shows Cutter Network we have the DC Nation podcast located at DC nation.acrosstheairwaves.com okay, that's dcnation.acrosstheairwaves.com which reviews popular DC comic related TV shows and movies there's also the Marvelverse podcast located at marvelversepodcast.acrosstheairwaves.com okay, that's marvelversepodcast.acrosstheairwaves.com which reviews Marvel comic related TV shows and movies okay, we also have Throatscast our podcast dedicated to reviewing episodes of HBO's Game of Thrones which is available at the website throatscast.acrosstheairwaves.com okay, again that's throatscast.acrosstheairwaves.com okay, in addition to these programs you can listen to the original Across the Airways podcast, which is accessible at acrosstheairways.com, which reviews TV shows not related to superheroes, core Game of Thrones, like The Walking Dead, Doctor Who, Star Wars Rebels, Supernatural, and more, including sitcoms such as The Big Bang Theory, Got the Muppets. Also, you can listen to Across the Airways, the DC Nation podcast, Thronescast, the Game of Thrones podcast, and the Marvelverse podcast, got the mixed radio station, code by Jack Knight, Stitcher Radio. Or if you use Apple devices, download the podcast box app. And if you're on a Windows or Android device, you can download our app from the Amazon market. Got the Windows market. Got a regular Windows or Windows Phone app. Because for how you can contact us to give your own listeners feedback on the TV shows we review, provide suggestions on how we can improve your podcast listening experience, or just want to say, do you like what we're doing? Email us at acrosstheairwaves.gmail.com. Again, that's acrosstheairwaves.gmail.com. Comment on our Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Got Across Airwaves. There's no vibe. It's just Across Airwaves. Join our circle. Got Google Plus. Go leave us a voicemail by calling 773 809 336. Again, 773 809 336. Also, with sending us an email, please mention which podcast show you're directing the message to. Give this subject line. Give you our sending us listener feedback. I would also recommend that you check out our YouTube page, which features trailers for upcoming movies, get television events. Along with this content, the ATA YouTube channel is a great source for panels for past Comic-Con, and it will be a great resource to find videos related to the Comic-Con taking place in San Diego this summer to go along with our Comic-Con special. So, there's no spoilers to stick around for. Uh, <laughs> we've given out the last form award of the season, and it's time to say happy hiatus, and we will be back occasionally over the summer. We'll be back in July, like I said before, was. Spider-Man Homecoming. Homecoming 
and the Defenders and possibly Another major news hit. Yeah. Well, Super Super Secret Project. Yeah, we're, we're not yeah. sure. We're, we haven't decided yet if we're going to cover the Inhumans. Like, I I, 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 I know I want to. I definitely yeah. want to. So. I, I, I want to as long as... I probably should. Yeah. I think, I think we're all on board for it. It was just yeah. a matter of scheduling and whether we're going to do one or two a week. Yeah, but now that we know the schedule, I don't think we're going to have to do that now. Um, I'm probably going to, like I said earlier in the show, I'm probably going to see it early in IMAX, but that doesn't mean we're going to do a special episode. Which I think we're just going to wait until the show airs and then I can yeah. just like compare yeah. seeing it on the big screen to seeing it on the small screen. I, I will be trying, attempting to see it on the big screen, but yeah, um, uh, yeah, I don't think we'll be doing a special podcast just for... There's no point, especially since they're just going to re-air rather, the shows. Right, we're just going to go over it again when the scene starts. But, so, Marvelverse Podcast here today, and I want to thank all of our listeners and Morgan and Aaron and uh, Nico, thank- Michael uh, across the airwaves. Um, and thank you guys um, for keeping us going. So Thank you, Dan Schmidt. We miss you, brother. I miss you, Dan. Love you, buddy. Yeah. Thank you. And I will, we will see you all back in the Marvel. Excelsior!